In most European countries today, we use the premise that a person is presumed innocent unless they have been proven guilty. At trial, evidence has to be produced so that a jury or a judge can decide on the culpability of the accused. But during the Middle Ages, when someone was suspected of a crime and they were actually innocent, it was believed that God would intervene on their behalf. So they were made to go through a physical trial and the judgement of God would enable them to prove it. It seems illogical to us now, but religion played such an important part in the lives of the medievals that it is easy to see why they would want to model their justice system on the trials that God had set out in the Bible. It was easier to give judgement over to an omnipotent God, rather than rely on fallible human beings. But these trials were unsound and torturous, and most of them were impossible to pass. In fact, many people died in the process of taking an ordeal. Even more pleaded guilty, even though they were innocent, just so they could avoid going through the torment, in hopes that the punishment would be more merciful than the trial itself. In 1215, Pope Innocent III forbade any priests from taking part in trials by fire or water and replaced them with compurgation. This was known as trial by oath, whereby a suspect could prove his innocence by swearing an oath and getting 12 people to also swear that they believed him. Of course, the results could be easily manipulated, especially if the accused was particularly popular, wealthy or intimidating. Every trial was performed only after the most sacred religious ceremony. The accused might have to fast and abstain from sex for up to three days before the test and have a chanted mass in church beforehand. In today's episode of our Medieval Punishment series, we're going to be looking at trial by ordeal and trial by combat. Welcome to Medieval Madness. Ordeal by the Host The Catholic faith was predominant all over Europe during the Middle Ages. During Mass, Catholics take Holy Communion, also known as the Eucharist. Bread and wine are consecrated and then consumed by worshippers. A bread wafer symbolises the body of Christ and red wine symbolises his blood. This ceremony is taken from the book of Matthew in the Bible when Jesus spoke to his disciples during the Last Supper. Rather than this being a symbolic ritual, the medievals believed that the priests had the power to actually transform the wafer and wine into Christ's flesh and blood. Taking communion offered direct communication with God and meant that the participant could be judged for their sins. It would seem logical then that the priests would choose to use this belief to decide on the guilt or innocence of a suspected cleric, rather than subject themselves to torture like laypeople. A member of the clergy would hold up the Eucharist wafer and declare that God would make him choke on it if he were guilty. Guilt can be a powerful emotion though, and there were many innocents who panicked and started to choke for fear that God would smite them down anyway. Trial by Blood Originating in the Germanic culture, this ordeal was also known as the Trial by Touch, or the Bayer Rite, and was used to identify a murderer. It was thought that when someone committed a murder, they were unable to escape both the physical and mental flow of blood from their victim because a body was still able to hear and act for a short time after death. And it is true that a freshly deceased body may continue to bleed from cuts, lacerations or orifices as a coagulation has not yet taken place. A murder suspect would be taken to the corpse which was laid face up on a funeral bier, walk around it two or three times and repeatedly call out the name of the deceased. Next, they would have to stroke the wounds lightly with their hand. If the body moved, foamed at the mouth or bled in any way, then the accused was judged to be guilty of their murder. We now know this to be purge fluid that sometimes exudes from the nasal and oral passages, as well as other body cavities of a dead body. Ordeal by Cross 
Before the 8th century, this was the only trial that involved two people. Charlemagne's father, Pepin the Younger, sanctioned the ordeal of the cross in 752, when a woman applied to him for a divorce. Both parties, being her husband and herself, were told to stand on either side of a cross with their arms stretched out at full length, so that their body also formed the shape of a cross. The person who could stand in this position longest without lowering their arms was the winner. The Abbot of St. Denis and the Bishop of Paris used this trial to settle a dispute over a monastery in 775, but they used representatives in their place, and the bishop's delegates dropped his arms quite early. Charlemagne himself ordered that the ordeal by cross should be used to resolve land disputes rather than using trial by combat, because this was becoming quite popular and it was never sanctioned by the church. However, his son Louis the Pious banned the trial of the cross after Charlemagne's death, believing it to be ungodly, though trial by combat still continued. Trial by Fire This form of ordeal, known also as trial by hot iron, was generally used for the nobility and for freemen. A priest would bless the piece of metal, which was usually an iron bar weighing between one and three pounds, or a plowshare, the detachable cutting edge of a plow, with prayer before it was heated up in a brazier. Then the accused was made to hold the red-hot bar and walk nine paces forward, or walk blindfolded over nine red-hot plowshares or hot coals whilst barefoot. After the hands or feet were bandaged for three days and then unwrapped and examined, generally by the priest. If they were beginning to heal, then the suspect was considered to be innocent, but if the hands or feet were festering, then God had deemed them guilty. In the 13th century, when the Byzantine Emperor Michael VIII was accused of treason, he avoided a trial by hot iron when he insisted that he would only hold the red-hot bar if Bishop Focus could take it from the altar himself and hand it to him. And at Florence in 1498, the Dominican friar Geralamo Savonarola, who was a leader of the reform movement, wanted to prove the divinity of his mission by walking through fire. Unfortunately, a sudden downpour of rain put out the flames. This was taken as a sign that God was against the friar and his work. He was arrested shortly afterwards, convicted of heresy, tortured, and hanged. King Edward the Confessor, the last Anglo-Saxon king, even had his own mother, Emma of Normandy, subjected to a trial by fire. After being accused of unchaste behaviour with the Bishop of Winchester, she was sentenced to walk over nine red-hot plowshares that were placed on the floor of the nave at Winchester Cathedral. The fire had no effect on her at all, and she just carried on walking out of the minster. Apparently, her son begged her forgiveness and ordered that four of the plowshares should be buried in the cloisters of the cathedral in tribute to the miracle. Ordeal by Water This was the oldest type of ordeal used in Europe, and there were two forms, one using hot water and the other cold. It was used for the lower classes such as serfs, who made up the majority of people sent to the trials. Trial by hot water is chronicled between the 6th and 8th centuries. It meant that the accused would have to plunge their hand into a cauldron of boiling hot water, or even boiling oil, and retrieve a stone or a ring. The greater the crime, then the deeper the water would be, and the suspect might end up with their arms submerged up to the elbow. Again, the wounds would be bandaged for three days. If there was any sign of infection after the dressing was removed, then the victim would be deemed guilty. Trial by cold water was thought to have been brought in during the reign of Charlemagne in the early 10th century. The theologian Hincmar, Archbishop of Reims, described the ideal as, He who is to be examined by this judgement is cast into the water bound, and is drawn forth again bound. The accused was blessed, tied up with rope, and thrown into cold water, which was also blessed. The water was thought to be able to reject evil, so if the accused sank, they were innocent, but if they floated, then they were guilty. 
The accused may not necessarily be thrown into a river or a lake, a pit might be dug out specifically and filled with water instead. There is even a record from 1338 of a suspected poacher being submerged in a barrel of water three times to see if he floated or not. Ordeal by water was popular during the later witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries as it was believed that witches would float because they had renounced baptism and Christianity when they entered the service of Satan. It was believed that the water would reject them just as they had rejected God. Trial by Combat Brought over to England by the Normans in 1066, trial by battle or combat was a way to settle any dispute between two people. The last man standing was believed to have won, not by strength or skill, but through the divine intervention of God, as he would only help the honourable person. The actual physical contest could be fought between the two rivals or through the use of champions. Members of the clergy, women, children and the elderly or infirm were allowed to appoint an advocate to fight on their behalf. Although for crimes as serious as murder, the defendant had to appear in person. During the trial, sorcery or witchcraft were not allowed, and the fighting had to continue until nightfall if no one was beaten. Whomever was killed was judged to be the guilty party or a false accuser. Either way, they were detestable in God's eyes. If the loser was not killed during the combat but accepted his fate, then he was hanged or burned alive anyway. Or for a less serious crime, he might have had his property confiscated and his hands cut off. If the defeated party begged for his life, he would be allowed to live, but only under the shadow of being a coward, although he had to withdraw his false accusation immediately. In disputes involving the nobility, the preceding ceremonies could be quite imposing, and the trial was held in front of the court. Knights would meet in all of their battlefield regalia, although commoners would often fight with dangerous farming implements and were not allowed to challenge anyone above their status. Because trials by ordeal had to be conducted in the presence of a priest, Pope Innocent III ordered that they should be stopped in 1215, and by 1219 they had been abolished in England. It was felt that the church should not be involved in the maiming and killing of fellow Christians. There was now a speedy progress towards jury trials, but with the need to find some sort of proof to convict an accused person as the world entered the High Middle Ages, there was an increased reliance on torture, which it can be argued was even worse than trials. Thank you for watching this episode of Medieval Madness. Please do subscribe if you enjoy the content as we do release a video every week. Cheers!